Joining us on the phone line is our Pats insider, Phil Perry. Phil, how are you? I'm doing great, Brady. Getting ready for a trip down to Stevie, Miami, looking at 85 degrees also down with a, there in Miami Gardens. Also with a chance of rain. It does look like it's going to be a little bit cloudy, uh, and so the Patriots could benefit from that. It's been interesting to watch them as they practice this week. A lot of sweatshirts under the practice jerseys. Uh, Matt Jones has gone with, like, the full-body scuba suit, it looks <laughs> like, just to try to ratchet up the heat for themselves to prepare for what they'll face down in Florida. You know, it's interesting, Phil. I just picked the Dolphins to win 27-23, but based on what we saw on Sunday, I can now foresee a world, at least, where the Patriots are in this game to the end and maybe where they win it. How much more confident are you in this team based on what you saw on Sunday? Well, I think what they showed us on Sunday against the Bills was that in the right circumstances, they can be a formidable offense. Not necessarily an explosive, world-beating kind of offense, but something much better than what we saw during their three-game losing streak, where it was just atrocious. And even before that, where they struggled to get going and they struggled to start fast. I mean, in all of their losses, Brady, they're they're facing 10-point deficits at halftime, and it just limits them so much in terms of the diversity that they can present to opposing defenses and what is even available to Bill O'Brien on his call sheet. You know, so what was nice for them going against Buffalo was you get out to a three-point lead, then you get out to a 10-point lead, and all of a sudden, boy, you can continue to play with heavy personnel packages. You can continue to play under center. You can continue to run the ball, even though it wasn't amazingly effective. They only ran for four yards per carry but they had a couple of chunk runs in there, and it was a real part of their offensive attack, a consistent part of their offensive attack. Then you can throw some play-action passes down the field off of those runs. They haven't been able to do that all year. And so, again, if they can get out to the kind of start that they're looking for, they could do some things on the offensive side of the ball. The question is, can they get out to that start? Because the breadth of evidence that we have, Brady, is that they're just not going to be able to do that consistently. But if they get out to another two-score lead somehow against Miami, you know they could be the kind of team that I think can really rack up some yards and put some points on the board. Phil, let's talk about pre-snap motion, something I've always been a fan of, and let's nerd out about it. I think the Patriots use pre-snap motion on like 70% of their play calls in that win over the Bills. Why did we not see it a lot before, and are they going to keep using it? Well, it's funny to talk to Kendrick Bourne about that earlier this week that Man, me and the other receivers, we joke sometimes because when we hear the play call, we look at each other and say, oh, man, I'm in motion again because it can get a little exhausting. Yeah, it adds a few more steps to your day as a receiver if you are that guy. But it can do so much for them in terms of being a coverage indicator, in terms of forcing defenses to react to you, maybe out-leveraging defenses if they don't react appropriately. So there are so many benefits. There are teams, Brady, that don't like to motion – And, you know, very famously, you know, Peyton Manning, for instance, hated to use motion. He just wanted the defensive picture to be what the defensive picture was. He wanted his teammates to see it the same way. And he wanted them all to be able to react simultaneously and in unison. You know, so there are some disadvantages to motion when there are that many moving pieces, especially if you're the kind of offense that reacts to the defense's reaction to motion. There can be some miscommunication there. And so, you know, that's that's the drawback. But when it works the way it did against Buffalo, who really, I think, struggled to communicate without their middle linebacker, Matt Milano, out there, they're still, you know, reeling from that injury, which is a massive one for them. 
Um, you know, that's the, that's the kind of team that I do think you want to motion against and motion quite a bit, uh, quite a bit against. Now, can they do the same thing against Miami? My guess is they will, Brady, if Javon Holland, who is one of the best young safeties in football, is out. However, been limited with a concussion all week in practice. He suffered one in their game last week. But today he had the red jersey off, the normal jersey on. That's a sign that he's at least progressing through the concussion protocol. So if he's on the field, maybe you see a little less motion. If he's off, maybe you see what we saw last week. Phil Perry, Pats Insider, NBC Sports Boston, with us here in the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. Huge part of the game plan last week was Pop Douglas. Four catches, 54 yards. He had the end around for 20-plus yards. He had the great punt return uh, for 25 yards that set them up on the plus side of the field. Are we going to see as much or more of him, or does Juju Smith-Schuster probably coming back limit his opportunities? You should see more, Brady. There's no doubt in my mind that you should see more. Now, will you? I don't know. What I would do if I was Bill Belichick, I mean, I would make Juju Smith-Schuster a healthy scratch. Now, understanding that Bill Belichick may not want to do that because of the message that it might send, that it might be admitting a mistake in some ways in terms of the money they spent this offseason, what you might see is that even though he was just elevated to the 53-man roster, you may see Jalen Rager be the healthy scratch and Juju Smith-Schuster in and sharing some slot snaps with Pop Douglas, maybe playing a little bit outside. He has played about half his snaps this year on the outside for the Patriots, Juju Smith-Schuster has. So for me, he just hasn't, Smith-Schuster hasn't done enough with his opportunities to earn playing time right now. And he doesn't bring enough in terms of his physical skill set to tell Tyquan Thornton to go take a seat for a week. At least Thornton gives your team speed in a way that nobody else on the team, never mind Juju Smith-Schuster, especially Juju Smith-Schuster, does not. And so what I would do if I was the Patriots is I I would ramp up the workload for Pop Douglas with 37 snaps against the Bills, give him more work, give him more targets, continue to make Kendrick Bourne one of the centerpieces of your passing game, and then fill in around those guys. Use Jalen Rager and Devontae Parker on the outside. Mix in Tyquan Thornton when you really need the speed element. To me, there's really not a place for Smith-Schuster right now. But again, if he's ready to go, I have a hard time envisioning Bill Belichick telling him that he's not playing. So my guess is he ends up sort of splitting snaps with Smith-Schuster and maybe Kendrick Bourne as well, and and they try to use him as a versatile piece in that way and try to limit his workload a little bit in his first game back. Pop Douglas, Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, all kind of similar body types, all successful in the slot. uh, Jacoby Myers, a little bit bigger, a little bit thicker, a little bit slower, also successful in the slot. What's the key to being a good slot receiver? Because it's clearly not just body type. Yeah, well, one of the keys is just understanding opposing defenses and being able to read leverage and being able to understand in real time what the opposing defense's actions dictate in terms of what your reaction should be to those actions. And so I I thought you saw a good example of that in a bad way for Pop Douglas, which isn't completely unexpected. The guy's a sixth-round rookie. He's still making his way into the league and getting his feet under him. But there was one third down at the end of the first half against the Bills where he ran a whip route, which clearly was the route called, that he should not have run to its full completion because of the way the defense presented itself. He ran inside and then out directly into a defender. Mac Jones was forced to almost try to pump fake, bring the ball back in to reload and then throw again. It slips out of his hands. It hits Ramondre Stevenson in the back, and he ends up carrying Demario Douglas a new one as they both run back to the sideline as the punt team comes on. That's not what you're looking for in the slot. You have to be 
on your P's and Q's at all times. And I think he's done a good job of handling that for the most part. Of course, toughness helps. You're working in the middle of the field, understanding just how to get open, how to separate at the top of your route. All of those things help. I thought, I thought we saw Pop Douglas do all of those things in that game against Buffalo. Some of those catches over the middle, there's very little space between him and the defender, but he's NFL open. Brady, he's doing what he needs to do to give Mac Jones the confidence to target him in those situations. So I think he has all of those things. Quickness is obviously part of it too, even though Myers was a a little bit more long and angular than some of the other players the Patriots have had in the slot. He had real quickness and an understanding of what opposing defenses are doing and, and how to settle down into soft spots in the zone. So all of that stuff to me comes with time. And you've seen so much from Pop Douglas already without much time. He's 11th in the league in yards after catch per reception among receivers. He's 20th in yards per route run among all receivers in the NFL. He's really shown you something. He deserves more time, not less, just because somebody like Juju Smith-Schuster might be active. Phil, I I called this a little while ago a potentially season-altering game. Not in that winning it could propel you to the playoffs. I don't think the Patriots are going there. But if you win this game and go to 3-5, and Does it give the organization pause about selling off assets at the trade deadline? Two and six, I think you're clearly a seller, and you're listening on a lot of different pieces, and multiple pieces might get dealt. Is three and five a way to keep this roster mostly intact? I think it is, honestly. And and I think, honestly, Brady, I just I find it hard, and it's not just me. It's, It's people who work with him. Find it hard to see Bill Belichick really, truly, full-on selling, meaning trading away impact players for draft picks. He's just too competitive. He, he wants to win every game too much to deal away, say, a Kyle Duggar for a fifth-round pick or a Kendrick Bourne for a sixth-round pick. If he looks at a player and says, no, you're really going to impact our odds of winning and losing games if you were to walk out the door for only a draft pick in return – I'm not doing that. I I think that's how people who know Bill Belichick believe he will operate at the deadline, even if they lose this game, Brady. And I think the returns that might be available to the Patriots might hinder their willingness to deal as well. And when I say that, I mean, I've reached out to and heard from uh, multiple NFL decision makers, including two general managers in the last 24 hours. And what they've told me is they would be surprised, or at least so one general manager did say he'd be surprised if the Patriots were to get anything more than a fifth-round pick for any of their soon-to-be free agents that would be perceived trade chips. Trent Brown, Kyle Duggar, Kendrick Bourne, Josh Uche, a fifth-round pick for those guys to me would not be worthy of a trade if I'm the Patriots, even if you are having a losing season. I, I would rather keep those guys, try to... Be competitive, win as many games as you can, try to uphold a certain standard, and then see if you can re-sign them if you want to do that at the end of the year. It's just I think it's hard with these expiring deals to get other GMs, unless they're really all in for a Super Bowl, to bite and say, no, we'll give you a real draft pick for a 10-game rental. That, that to me, is a, is a tough ask, especially for anybody on this Patriots roster. Phil, I'll get you out of here on this. An interesting conversation, I think it was yesterday you were having with Burt Breer on NBC Sports Boston, was about kind of – the Belichick dynamic of, like, does he want to sell knowing that if he's not going to be the head coach here in a couple of years to benefit from these draft picks? And also, do you want to go and trade away all these people that would help Mac Jones, who you still want to see if you can develop? Yeah, I think that's a fact. 
to get an answer on Mac Jones. And basically, the way they've handled the backup quarterback position, Brady, it's pretty clear this is Mac Jones's job for the season, and they're riding or dying with Mac Jones because they have no other option. So they want to get an answer. They understand, you know, that fifth-year option is looming for them potentially to pick it up for Mac Jones. It is, honestly, it's, it's relatively inexpensive at this point for a starting caliber NFL quarterback. Now, do they consider him that? I think we'll find out by the end of the year. But in order to, to truly get an answer, what you have to do is what we've been clamoring for them to do for a long time, which is, okay, build around the quarterback. Give him what he needs to succeed. And if all of a sudden you trade Michael Wenu, say, who just is settling in as your right tackle, or Kendrick Bourne, who is arguably the receiver who has the most chemistry with Mac Jones, how are you going to be able to get the proper answer on him? Now, they should have been asking themselves the same thing when they surrounded him with coaches that were coming from the defensive and special teams sides of the ball, Brady, last year. But if they're starting to factor that into their equation at the trade deadline, I do not fault them for that, even though I think at the end of the day, they should be selling. They should be trying to prepare for the future. But trying to prepare for the future is finding out what you have in Mac Jones. So I guess if that's the logic I'm working off of, you know, the guys that I would be looking at the Patriots potentially dealing with would be on the defensive side, in all honesty. And the guy that I think would get you the most would be Josh Uche. And I think he might be the most likely to be dealt, Brady, because in New England, he really is a, a pretty niche player. He's a, he's a third down pass rush specialist. And you might be able to get a team, uh, even contending teams are always looking for pass rush help. So if you could get a third or a fourth round pick for Josh Uche, who may not be back next year as a free agent, I would go ahead and jump at that opportunity. Phil, you know I'm a Seahawks fan by birth and a Patriots fan by work. Uh, so I ask you, as the Seahawks get ready to wear their throwback royal blue with silver helmets this week, the better throwback is what? The royal blue and silver helmeted Seahawks or Pat Patriot? Oh, boy, I love the Seahawks throwbacks. And I was stunned that my friend Christian Fourier tweeted today that he hated he played in those throwbacks. Brady, and he hates them. He said they're one of the worst uniforms in sports. I couldn't believe it. I love that color combination, but I still love the old-school Pat Patriot color combination a little bit more. I give the slight edge to New England in this one. I think Fourier is just mad that the uh, Seahawks at 99 started out like 7-0 and while Joey Galloway was holding out, finished 9-7, and and lost in the first round of the playoffs. That's probably what it is. I, I think you could probably trace his feelings for the organization back to that year. I'm still mad about it, that's for sure. Phil, thank you. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Brady. Talk to you soon, buddy.